Welcome to um, the second podcast we're making from Politics Kingston, which is uh, trying to uh, spread the news about what's happening around Kingston from a political point of view. Uh, we do tend to concentrate on the council, but actually London-wide and the mayor are other issues that we uh, discuss on this podcast. At any time, you can contact me if you want to ask me questions or have questions you want to have answered. Uh, you can do that on Kevin at Kevin Davis, D-A-V-I-S, .org.uk, Kevin at kevindavis.org.uk. Today, um, we're discussing street bins. Uh, you could argue rubbish, but street bins. We're also going to talk about the Mayor's introduction of a low emission zone for um, London and how that will affect Kingston. We're going to talk about more rubbish, uh, bin strikes. So there's an awful lot of rubbish today. Um, and finally, we're going to talk about the police meeting that was called by Zach Goldsmith this week. And... Um, We'll kind of fill you in on what the background for that was. So uh, that's the programme and contact me at any time and let's just get into it, shall we? This Friday I'm joined by uh, Councillor Ian George, who is a councillor for Coombe Hill. Um, and what else do you do in the council? Um, consultation is is the uh, he is our on. community engagement champion, and uh, mirrors what goes on with the council for community engagement. We're going to start by talking about uh, street bins and recycling. Back about must be eight months ago now, the council introduced a new policy of big belly bins, which are these intelligent bins that record how much waste they've got in them with a view to uh, the bin men only coming and collecting the waste when it's needed. But equally, they all know when the bin waste needs to be collected. These are the on-street bins, which you'll see around the town centres. Um, the Lib Dems had pledged at the election that they were going to introduce um, recycling bins on the street. Um, against all the evidence that exists that these recycling bins don't actually work because the bins get polluted with contaminants and other bits of non-recycling, so you can't actually use the stuff that's in there. Um, so their pledge was, we're going to introduce new recycling bins, which they've now ditched um, and said that they're not going to do that. Instead, they're just going to sort the uh, rubbish that comes out of the bins themselves. I don't know about you, Ian, but um, I'm very worried about this because if you have a big bin on the street and it says, just shove any old crap in here and we'll actually sort it for you afterwards, that sets a really bad signal out for me. I don't know what your view is about that. Yeah, I, I think like most people, I'm in favour of recycling, and then the idea of these recycling bins is, is, is a good one. And uh, I think when they were first gotten rid of, I thought we we thought long and hard before getting rid of them because they, they do seem like a great idea. However, when we realise that what's been happening for many years is that um, all these people who have been recycling have had all their efforts wasted as, as everything was shipped off. Um, to landfill, which, which you know, which is, and to be paying for that was a terrible waste. So I like the idea. Um, however, the Lib Dems were aware of this, and the the reason why they wanted to go ahead with it was so that they can sort of, um, as they said, teach um, local residents that um, recycling is good. However, if what they're doing now is simply encouraging people to shove it into the bin, as already happens. Um, then that's not teaching anybody anything, um, and we'll be paying more for for the benefits, or but, if there is a benefit. But let's just broaden it out a bit, because of course, the recycling is important, um, not just because 
it helps contribute to saving the environment and all those other issues, but also it saves money because the government taxes us for every bit of rubbish we send off to landfills, so anything we can stop doing uh, is a good thing. But how do we get people to do more recycling? Because we kind of hit a plateau. I mean, it did go up during the last administration. It's now around about 50% of our waste is recycled. But pushing that on a bit further and getting more people to recycle is quite difficult. I mean, do you pick up stuff in your ward that there are people that don't recycle still? Few. I think most, most people do now. Um, I think it's got to be make, made easier for people. Um, that's, the, that's the only way. Um, you know, people have got busy lives. Um, <clears throat> So I think the the only way of encouraging people is, is to make um, their efforts, you know, easier, easier to do, and and to make sure that you know actually at the end of it, um, things do get recycled. I suppose though anybody listening is going to immediately say, well, actually, <laughs> if the, if they found a technology that means you can sort out the waste in a bin on the street where everything's been piled in, every bit of rubbish, and you can sort it out into recyclables, then why can't they do that with a general waste? Because you know that would be ultimately easier and also it would be potentially 100% of it gets recycled so why is that is that cost we think or I mean we don't know the answer I suppose but no um, as, as far as I know that that technology isn't quite right yet and I, I think it's gonna be some time um, until it is just because you know I mean it sounds an ideal thing if you just put everything in a bin and it gets recycled perfectly somewhere else through, through machinery um, but as I understand it, it at the moment it all ends up with people picking out rubbish, um, which must be a terrible job for one thing, and very expensive. Okay, there's enough of rubbish. Um, we'll, you know, we'll come back to rubbish at some point, I'm sure. We're going to move on, actually, now to uh, something called an oulez, which I'm sure is uh, an exciting word, but we're going to discuss that next. So here's the quiz, Ian. What's an oulez? Well, having read the papers very recently, <laughs> I think it's an ultra-low emission zone. Yay, excellent. Um, <laughs> Prize for the win. <laughs> this is a really, really... I mean, it's, not, it's a quite a serious subject, actually. I mean, this is another environmental thing. We haven't discussed bins. We're coming to this, which is another environmental thing, and about air quality. Um, Kingston actually has two of the worst air quality areas in London, one being the Tolworth A3 Broadway area, um, which I can imagine you can see why, because of its, its the impact of the roundabout and the underpass. The other is actually in the Kingston Town Centre, which is close to where, uh, unfortunately, close to where Tiffin Boys School is and that whole area around Queen Elizabeth Road, which is probably more to do with buses than anything else. But the Mayor um, this week announced that he's going to introduce the Central Zone Ulez uh, in January. Now, this is a, a zone where, depending on the emissions from your car, you'll be charged when you pass into that zone, putting it bluntly. Um, the issue for us, I suppose, and something we've got to think about, is that whilst in a sense we may support this, although you know additional charges to cars, I'm never quite sure whether that's really a, a, a sensible way of going, of a, having a policy around cars, but the issue for us will be that he's intending in 2021 to extend that to the, a zone that includes the, up to the north and south circulars. Now, ordinarily, the south circular isn't something that worries us in Kingston. But of course, the problem for us is that polluting vehicles are not going to go into the Ulez if they feel that it's actually going to cost them more money. So the chances are they'll actually skirt around that and quite probably through places like Kingston to get from one side of London to another. 
So there's a major impact for this. We've, when we were administration, we were calling for it actually to extend to the greater London boundary. But I don't know, what do you think about the principle of an ULES, Ian? What you, what's your view about that? I mean, the principle, I think, is probably good. I'm a bit concerned about um, extra costs for small businesses particularly and for, well, quite frankly, people that haven't got much money. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've got a car um, and you can't afford something that's newer and better, um, you know, and, but you still need to get around, that's quite difficult. However, having said that, I think as time goes on, fewer and fewer vehicles would be that polluting anyway. I think my concern has always been with all these big developments that are going up. Um, we always, as a council, seem to get money um, to deal with issues um, surrounding air quality. Um, but all that money ever seems to be sent, spent on is um, really to find out you know, how good the air is. Um, and it's okay doing that for, for once, but to keep doing that and to keep spending the money on that, the money never seems to be spent on anything to actually improve the air quality. Um, and I suppose this is something that, you know, is actually tackling it, which is, has got to be good. Um, but like you say, and that there's a real concern that um, we're just be forcing more traffic around the Kingston area rather than cent cent you know, more central London. Um, and that's not going to do us any favours. I suppose one of the things to think about, though, as well on top of that, is that if you're trying to cure air quality issues, the two hot spots in Kingston, the one near Tiffin School is quite tough. But if, if it's probably the case that whilst it's definitely the general traffic, the sheer number of buses that use that area and the bus stations mm. close by is, is going to be a contributory factor. And I know one of the things I would like to see the Mayor do is speed up the replacement of diesel buses in London. Um, because at the moment we just seem to be seeing it happening in central London and we get thrown all these nasty, horrible em emitting buses out to the rest of us in the suburbs. So I think there's a, some, some ways it doesn't seem quite as joined up as we'd like it to be and it's, um, you know, an, it's, it's a strange strategy that he seems to be adopting around it. But we'll have to see what happens. On that though, we learned this week um, in a paper that came out from the council that uh, the Lib Dems are proposing to take some action locally. So if you currently live within a controlled parking zone, the Lib Dems will soon be consulting on introducing variable parking charges um, for, for where you live. Now, there's two sides to that. If it was a revenue neutral thing, then I think it's worth having a debate about whether it's a, a thing that should be done or not. My worry is that this is probably gonna be another revenue raising scheme um, that you know allows the council to raise money, more money from residents outside of the normal council tax by charging them additional sums. Um, you're probably, I don't think, I'm not sure your ward does have control parking zones, does it? Um, Ian, I'm not sure mine doesn't really. I mean, yours yeah, doesn't. Yeah, there are, there are some. There yeah. are, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what are those residents going to think about this? Well, I, I, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I think it's one of those things about how much money you earn um, and how much disposable income you've got. If you can afford it to, uh, to pay more money fairly easily or, or upgrade to a newer car fairly easily, um, then it's probably not going to be an issue. Um, but if you're a family that's not got much money but need a car to get your kids around, um, you know, this could really hit you hard. Um, and if you can't afford to do anything about it, I don't think it's really fair. But see, I've, I've known you long enough, Ian, to know that you're, you're a low-tax Tory. I mean, you, you, <laughs> you don't want tax. I mean, you, I mean OK, obviously no. people have to pay tax, that's fair enough. 
And I'm sure, I mean, I'm one of those that's a sort of all for tax simplification. I don't believe, I think our tax system's nuts the way it taxes people. It's just so complicated. But do you not think that just going down the path of adding this type of thing into the charging scheme for the council is just another way of sucking more money out of people? I mean, you've got council tax. It's the highest in London as it is at the minute. And there are very good reasons for that, which I'm not going to criticise Lib Dems over. It's something to do with the way Kingston is as a borough. Um, but this is just surely going to be raising more money. I think when they considered it and dropped it in Richmond, because they did consider doing it in Richmond, uh, at that time it was saying it was going to raise a million quid more than they had coming in. Um, God knows what it will be by the time this actually comes to fruition. Yeah, well, I, th- I think this, this sort of thing is really something that perhaps um, is best left to central government, quite frankly. Um, you know, if we're talking about um, getting more low-emission vehicles out on the roads, then that's probably not something that um, local government can do um, very easily. And that's why this is such a blunt tool um, to try and achieve something. But um, I think perhaps it's a bit tokenistic, quite frankly. Okay, great. go back to bins because it appears our bin men are going on strike over Christmas which sounds a great time to be doing that Um, and it looks like those big belly bins and all those other bins we talked about earlier in this uh, are probably going to be piling up with rubbish. Now the reason for this is that uh, Veolia who run our contract um, are in dispute with the bin men over sick days so they're currently allowed 16 sick days a year on top of their, their normal holiday. And, of course, the Olia are trying to cut that down. I mean, there's not really much we can say about that because, obviously, it's um, a contract, which is what we have. We don't actually employ these people directly. But what do you... I mean, what can we do be doing about that, Ian? I mean, should, should there be preparations in case that happens? Because we really, you know, particularly over Christmas, don't want to see bin strikes. That would be a catastrophic, in my view. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always a bit of a... Sh- I suppose it's... Unions do tend to look at these holiday seasons to um, take uh, time off if they're going to go and strike at all. A bit like, um, a bit like the railways, um, which is a bit of a shame, I think. Um, I, it's difficult because we don't really know the details. Um, you know, I, I'd like to think that um, even though they're contractors, they are um, looked after reasonably. Um, you know, if people do need sick leave, they need sick leave. Um, however, um, I. You know, we don't know the full details and perhaps there's a good reason why they're making the changes they are. But yeah, I think we need to be, you know, preparing for um, for problems. Um, obviously, we don't uh, loads of rubbish piling up on the streets. Um, that's not a great advertisement for the Royal Borough. Oh, back to the 70s. <laughs> Earlier this week, uh, Zach Goldsmith, who's the MP for the northern part of Kingston, held um, a very successful public meeting at the uh, Doubletree Hilton Hotel uh, in Cambry uh, to discuss crime. He, he invited along um, a superintendent and uh, some other police officers to come and talk to the local residents. It was a good meeting, a big turnout. Um, what's apparent is, though, that um, although crime rates, the crime rates they presented definitely show that Kingston is one of the safest places in London Um, and in fact crime has crept up a little bit over the years in fact 
the figures he showed us show that, showed that since the last election has crept up, we'll come to that in a minute, um, but it's clear there's a great concern about crime and the fear of it, even though the numbers don't seem to indicate that's necessarily to be, to be too worried about. But what's your view about that, Ian? Why is that? Because if crime is low, as it is in Kingston, it's in a safe place to be, then there was clearly a feeling in that meeting that people are upset and concerned um, and some somewhat angry about crime. So what, what's your feelings around that? Why, why that might be? Yeah, it was, it was a fantastic meeting, I must say. Um, and it's good to hear everybody's views. Uh, I think, without doubt, I think, you know, social media's got a bit of a um, part to do with it in, the, in that I think people are more aware now when things do happen um, close to them and they get to hear about it where perhaps they, they wouldn't have been before unless it was something major. Um, but I think that's, in a way, that's sort of, I don't know, presents quite an opportunity um, for the police um, and, and for local residents to help fight crime in, in, in a way, um, through letting people know. I think there was a lot of people were, and I think there's a bit of a quandary here, because a lot of people were quite concerned that the, perhaps the police weren't telling people, local people, um, quickly enough when there were local problems in, in little hot spots um, where burglaries happened down your street. However, there was also a wish to stop um, policemen uh, sort of sitting down doing paperwork and wanting more, pe- more police out in the streets, which I think everybody wants. So, you know, I, I think we've got to be a bit careful about um, moaning to the police too much on that front because I've seen police wandering the streets, delivering leaflets, um, advising people of, of things, but do we really want police spending hours and hours wandering the streets delivering leaflets? I don't know if that's the best way to spend their time either. It's very difficult, isn't it? Because I mean, I jokingly said um, a few months ago when the mayoral campaign for the Conservatives was gearing up, I jokingly said actually, and it was a joke, that the first act I'd, I'd have if I ever became mayor of London was to was to cut the car budget for the police, <laughs> their transport budget, because frankly, for most people. The only time they really see policemen or the policemen at all is when they're in a car with a blue light going off to some emergency. Now, I'm not suggesting that's their fault. Um, I'm, not for, I'm not for a minute uh, going to shy away from the fact that it's quite probable now that the police cuts in funding have gone too far. Or if they've not gone too far, then the police have got some answering to do about the way they've implemented those cuts. The move away from boroughs as the basis of policing, which has happened recently, I don't think has helped us at all. It's reduced our, the, the police response rates in this borough quite dramatically. So the thing about this is, it's like most of these things to do with public service, there is no one single, in my view, one single thing you can do. I do think that they're going to have to, the government, find some more money, though, to put into policing, because it's clear that of all the things that worry people, crime is certainly continuing to be one, and the evidence is that you know, with the number of murders we've seen in London over the last year, um, it's clear that um, that is part of the picture. Um, I do though, get very worried about the Mayor of London always just saying it's about money, because I think there's an awful lot of waste that goes on within his own City Hall. I gather next year he's put into his budget that his City Hall staff will, have, will now, just for the first time, tip over a thousand people mm. working directly for the Mayor. And I do wonder whether that's really appropriate when he's already got thousands and thousands in TfL and the Met Police and others 
whether his own staff needs to be quite so high and whether he's prioritising money the way he should. But that's for another day. So we had a great meeting. Um, I think a lot came out of it. I think there's some actions as well. Did you want to... I was just, just going to say, it was really positive, um, I thought, was Zach Goldsmith um, talking about the lobbying he's doing of uh, central government. I think earlier that day, he'd actually been speaking to the Prime Minister. Um, and Zach was reasonably positive yeah. um, that some Agreed. more money might be coming... Um, the way of uh, local policing, so that, I think that's very good. Um, and I, as I, you know, I suppose we should always always mention that um, it's only recently that um, the Lib Dems um, withheld the money from the twelve extra police that we used to have in Kingston, um, which patrolled the centre of town. Um, That's it for this week. Um, so we'll be back uh, next week with a single podcast just about cycling and the cycling and go cycle schemes that are going on around the borough. There's two final bits of news for you, which I think may be of interest to you. Uh, last night, the Conservative Party in Kingston Surbiton selected their candidate to take on Ed Davey at the uh, next elections, whenever they come, whether that's tomorrow or 2022. Um, wonderful woman called Afra Brandreth, who's a local businesswoman, and uh, she and her husband own a vets based on well, one outlet in Surbiton, actually, which people probably go to and know. But a uh, very good young woman is going to make a, a real challenge for Ed. And the other bit of news, which is I'm going to award uh, Ian a badge, because Ian's probably one of my arch-Brexiteers, and we've managed to get through about 20 minutes of discussion without a single mention of the word Brexit. So, well done, Ian, and thanks for joining me this week, and I'll see you all next week.